Are you ready to nourish your body, heart, mind, and soul? Welcome to The Spiritual Kitchen, a seasonal podcast providing interviews and inspirational feasts to fill the hole in the soul. Listen and learn from action takers, change makers, teachers, and spiritual thought leaders of all faiths and none. Take time to let go, be inspired, and filled up. It's time to sample today's menu of insightful thoughts, heart-opening practices, and soulful support with Spiritual Kitchen podcast host, global inspirational leader, author, and speaker, Monica Douglas-Clark. Welcome, welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Spiritual Kitchen. I'm so excited to have you here. I've got a wonderful guest for you. It's Josiah Barishas. He's a success coach feng shui consultant and global transformational leader. He's been practicing traditional Chinese energy techniques for over 15 years and trained extensively in the US and China with some of the world's most accomplished teachers. He's been a student actually of Marie Diamond, the feng shui master to the stars, who's appeared in films like The Secret. He's a certified diamond feng shui consultant and diamond team member. He's also worked at the MindShift Institute Center for New Knowledge, inspired and supported by Apollo astronaut, physicist, and IONS founder, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. The Institute focuses on exploring spiritual phenomena through a scientific perspective. At the Institute, Josiah worked with global leaders in fields including consciousness, energy medicine, quantum physics, and much more. Welcome to the Spiritual Kitchen, Desire. Thank you, Monica. It's fantastic to be here. I'm very happy to welcome you around the kitchen table to share with our guests and listeners. So tell me, you've got such a wonderful range of skills. You've started with Chinese medicine, working at the Mind Shift Institute, really getting this knowledge from so many people. What does that mean in terms of the work that you do now? Well, I think everything, you know, that I, in my whole background and my life experiences all feed into the work that I'm doing now. And I think, you know, a really big part of that is being a bridge between sort of the, there's a, I think right now we're going through a paradigm shift in our world where there's the kind of, old way in which science and spirit, if you want to call it that, were divided and seen as kind of opposite poles. The new paradigm I think that we're moving into is one that's more unified where these, you know, all of these, these sort of, this sort of old knowledge practiced by traditional cultures, uh, which was to a large extent supplanted during the scientific revolution. There was a, a divide created, and I think we're bringing back the old ways more into the current paradigm. So there's, I feel like there's a bridging of worldviews that's happening. And my personal backgrounds, you know, I came from a family that was very kind of type A, left-brained, you know, not new agey at all. The, the first thing that really kind of opened my eyes to different ways of thinking in terms of spirituality and the nature of reality was when I became very ill 
I mean, there, there were a number of things that happened during that time. I became very physically debilitated. I had to go on a medical leave for my job at the time, and I couldn't walk very far. I couldn't drive. I couldn't really even watch TV or read a book or use a computer. So I was basically cut off from external stimuli and, you know, very much had to live in my own internal world. Yes. And that caused me to become much more aware of what was going on in my body and my dreams became much more vivid. I became much more introspective by necessity during that time. And that was really when my, my big spiritual awakening happened because I had been more of a skeptic up until that point. I, you know, I'd been, I became sort of open to meditation and things like that, but I still didn't believe in things like the energy theory that's behind Qigong. You, know, that you have energy channels in your body and when they get blocked, that's why you get sick and you can open up those channels through a variety of methods like yeah. you know, diet, which I, I, I radically changed my diet during that time. Uh, and then I started practicing Qigong exercises. Also during that time, I started to have much more vivid dreams. And I really think that, that it was that, you know, being cut off from all the things that we distract ourselves with, like television, you know, internet, et cetera you know, and even having my work routine, um, that's, that really made space for everything to come through. And the dreams were giving me a lot of practical advice, teaching me about the nature of reality, giving me, you know, tools in terms of what kind of foods to eat, what exercises to practice, and at what time or how much. Sometimes there were very specific messages. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes literally, sometimes metaphorical. And I did have uh, complete healing, uh, and most of it happened in one day, actually. Right. I kept getting the message that basically our reality is the creation of our thoughts, and that if I believe that I was healthy, that I would be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was, a, there was a lot that went into that as far as, you know, the diet that I mentioned. And, in the different exercises, but basically there was, in one day there was a radical shift where I just, I gained back about 80% of my health. And there was, you know, the, the spiritual awakening after that just went into overdrive. Okay, like an acceleration. So you've said about this blending, as you say, you were born into a very high-pay, um, driven, left-brain culture. And yes. through getting ill, were forced in a way to, or you're brought into alignment to open up to something else. And it's almost as though what you've, you've been doing over the last however many years is bringing those two approaches together. So the scientific rational and also some of the older traditions and the energy medicine and the different ways of looking at the world. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's correct. So if we think about the listeners on the spiritual kitchen and that they'll be they're interested in your journey and you've talked a bit about how you how you had this really radical day of healing after obviously lots of preparatory work how does that fit with your big why and what you do now i think i mean one you know really important piece 
that I learned at that time is, you know, just how much power we have to create, you know, our lives the way we want to, to achieve our goals and to live in the kind of world that we want to. You know, a lot of people, you know, very often struggle with the feeling of being powerless. And I think I, I you know, I've been reminded and anytime I forget that, the universe has a way of reminding me that we do have control over our circumstances. We're not victims. And I think especially on a collective level, working together, I think we have the power to radically change our world in a very short time. Um, so if there's one message that I can get across, it's, I think it's that, you know, we're not victims and we have the power to create the kind of world that most people really want to live in. You know, one that's more, more loving, more collaborative, where we have more of a collective conscious consciousness and we operate based on, you know, the greater good. Mm. I suppose that, that would be my invitation to you because if, if, for example, I was the proverbial fairy godmother and I could grant the wish now, what would be the one lasting impact that you would have on the world in your lifetime? Yeah, it would definitely be to make the kinds of things that I practice and that you practice and that the other guests on your podcast practice accessible to everyone. Mm. Because I, I, I think there's, there's been, you know, so much, you see it in families, there's, there's tensions over religion and spirituality, obviously on the, the political stage. Mm. Uh, but I think, I think most of those, differences are at the surface level. I think, you know, if you look at the major religions in their pure forms, I think they all express basically the same truth, set of basic truths about love and compassion, you know, that we live in a spiritual world, a spiritual universe. Mm. There's more than just the physical reality. And I see so much opportunity uh, for you know, blending the different worldviews. You know, like this, the scientific worldview and the spiritual worldview are so often seen as opposites. But if you look, for example, uh, you know, the first two scientists that people uh, would usually think of would probably be, at least in the U.S., maybe it's different in the U.K., but uh, Einstein and yeah. Newton. So you know, Einstein clearly believed in more than a physical reality. He made that clear that there, you know, nothing happened by chance. He believed in a higher power. I'm saying both really are considered kind of the, the icons of the materialist worldview. They even call it the Newtonian worldview, which is, you know, basically the idea that uh, there's only physical reality and it operates in a very kind of set mechanistic way. But Newton actually, it turned out when his papers were released in the 1930s, uh, and this was a, you know, a big shock to the world that he had actually spent most of his time in the study of what we would consider to be spiritual or metaphysical research like alchemy. He believed that he was chosen by God to interpret the gospels and you know, other, other things like that. So there's, I think there's a lot more overlap between 
science and spirituality than is generally understood. And also, you know, if you look, I'm not an expert in quantum physics, but if you look at what people like Edgar Mitchell and so many others are saying that quantum physics really provides, you know, an explanation for so many spiritual phenomena, whether it be energy healing, uh, telepathy, you know, so many other things are explained by quantum physics. And I think it's really fascinating to see where that's going. I think there's paradigm shift happening and I'd like to be part of quickening that uh, so that we can get to a better place as soon as possible. I definitely think you're part of that shift and having the intention to open up these practices to as many people as possible is, is part of that wave of movement. And also just letting people know about alternative ways of looking at the world and, and being present in the world can help this shift to happen. I feel that's why we're both here. Bringing it into a very practical arena for our listeners now, let's, let's move into your spiritual kitchen feast. So the three practices that you would like to offer to the listeners to taste and test out your way of doing the work that you do. And um, I'd like to invite you to give us your starter now. So that first practice, if you've never touched your toe in the world of energy and the work that you do, what would it be? Okay, the first thing that I would do, that I would recommend, because I feel like it's so important for people to create space in their lives and all my all the things I'm going to mention somehow relate to that you know as I said that I felt like that space that I created uh, you know when I manifested my physical symptoms was so instrumental in allowing me to change my worldview and to become more sensitive to different ways of being so the first simple thing that I would recommend would be that for the first five minutes of their day, immediately after waking up, people just be with themselves. Just focus on their breathing, sitting up in bed, maybe, you know, if they have a, they can see a nice view outside, looking out the window, but just spend the first five minutes of the day just being. Because I think that it gives you a fresh perspective and it sets the tone for your whole day. I think it's, especially for people that, you know, wake up and immediately check their email or that kind of thing, which so many of us today are, you know, in that habit pattern. I think it's, this is a great practice to kind of break you out of that and get you more in touch with the present moment, get you more in touch with your body, your feelings, all those things that are so important. Wonderful. So create space at the beginning of the day. Yeah. Okay, let me just summarize that for people who are listening. So you've said for the first five minutes of the day, focus on your breath, maybe sitting up, just being. And this will give you a fresh perspective and set the tone for the day. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for that starter. You're welcome. <laughs> now for our main. So something a little bit more substantial, something that maybe might need a little bit of um, application and um, time to move through? So this is a feng shui thing. It's that people create space at their entrances. 
oh. entrance to their homes and or offices. The entrance in feng shui is considered the mouth of qi. That's where energy comes into your space. And it sets the tone for the whole space and for your life and your business. It's important to clear away any clutter that's at the entrance. If you have large furniture, plants or whatnot uh, that are blocking the pathway, it's important to at least, you know, within five or 10 feet of the entrance to clear as much space as you can. That could include, you know, moving piles of shoes that accumulate there or basically anything that's that's blocking the pathway. It's also important to have things generally organized. So you don't want to have, you know, pile, you know, mail piled up at the entrance, um, anything that's messy or chaotic. Even if the re even if you don't declutter the rest of your space, at least declutter the entrance because that sets the tone for everything else. That's and great. even just doing that practice alone can be life changing for people. That's brilliant. It's a great tip for people to clear the entrance of your home and remove yes. any anything that could block the flow of energy into your house. Yeah. Anything non-essential, yes. Yeah. Great. We're ready for dessert. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this is a big one. This is a practice that I have done over the years and I was reminded of it recently. And so it's taking a one week information fast. And by an information fast, I mean minimizing your use of the internet, email, reading books even, because that's information too, watching television. Obviously there are, you know, you probably need to use, you know, email a little bit for work or that kind of thing, or, you know, for some people a lot, but there's, there's still so much use of it that's not really necessary that we can cut out. So be really honest with yourself about what is actually essential and what isn't. And I would encourage people to stretch themselves, erring mm -hmm. on the side of cutting out information. So I think this is a, it's a great practice because it creates so much mental and emotional space. It's like a, a reset for your mind. It's really phenomenal. You can find yourself becoming much more creative and it's actually a good idea during this practice to do things like journaling or, you know, maybe exercise more, uh, things like that, that you wouldn't, you know, normally do when you're stuck in that mindset of always being on your phone or, yeah. you know, whatever. So this taking a one week information fast, I've never heard it being called that actually, I like that. To remove yourself from non-essential input and journal and, and perhaps do something else with the time that, and space that it creates. I love this because what it's going to do is enable you to do the things that you really, you know, want to make time to that perhaps you don't. Or perhaps even just to sit and not have to do anything. Most people, that's a really rare, rare thing in their life, right? But if they've cut out the television, for example, or they've cut out their, I don't know, Facebook habit for one week, then at the end of the week, you're going to be at choice about whether you want to introduce that back into your life or not. Yeah, and I guarantee after that week, 
then when people go back to their use, you know, their old habits, it won't be the same. They'll, they'll be more conscientious about how they use technology and information. That's great. It's a great dessert. I think um, that could have a really lasting impact um, in a very short period of time. It opens your mind in ways that you would never imagine before you start. So I would encourage people to go for it. Thank you for that wonderful uh, Spiritual Kitchen Feast. I, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you today, Josiah, and I, I'm also really excited because we have the opportunity to work together in New York and yes. do a workshop, which is all going to be about creating space and abundance. So we'll post the details about that underneath the podcast. Yes, um, I'm so excited about that. It's going to be great. Can you imagine the combination of the two of us? <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there are people that are listening around our kitchen table who would love to find out more about the work that you do and the gifts that you bring. What's the best way of people connecting with you? They can go to my website, www.successfengshui.com. Fantastic. And I guess you're on all of the social media channels as well. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. I'm really happy that we were able to have this time in the Spiritual Kitchen together, Josiah. I'm looking forward to our workshop on space and abundance too. And I, I really hope the listeners have had an opportunity to get a sense of how it's possible to bring the old and the new, the science and the spiritual together through our time with Josiah today. And those three practices that you can take away, creating space to heal, clearing the entrance of your home, and taking an information fast, will bring changes in your life if you choose to do them. So I look forward to hearing your results from this takeaway, and I'll share everything that you tell me, obviously, that comes from those practices with desire, because I'm sure he'd be really interested in knowing too. Lots of love, everybody, and I'll see you soon on another episode of the Spiritual Kitchen Podcast. Thank you, Josiah. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for the work that you do with the Spiritual Kitchen. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Kitchen Podcast with host, global inspirational leader, author, and speaker, Monica Douglas-Clark. This has been a Monica Douglas-Clark production in association with rebelrev.net. Download your Spiritual Kitchen takeaways for soul-nourishing daily practices and inspiration at spiritual-kitchen.com. Use the takeaways to remind you to fill up, be you, and take action. Share with friends and join us next time for another edition of the Spiritual Kitchen Podcast at spiritual-kitchen.com.